0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to St. Andrew's Salter Lane Church. Very warm welcome to everyone, and including everyone who's watching um, the live stream as well. As individuals, we have heard God's call to be here today, to listen for God speaking to us through Scripture through teaching, music and all we experience together and through each other. As a community, we have gathered to help one another in discerning the word of God. Let's say our opening prayer together. Dear God, thank you that we do not have to seek you on our own as the people who gathered in crowds and synagogues recognized together the authority of Jesus, so may we work together as a community to recognize your voice in our worship and our lives. Amen. And we're going to stand now to sing an Epiphany hymn written by our local hymn writer, James Montgomery. Hail to the Lord's anointed. Do please stand to sing. (laughs) you please be seated for our prayers of confession. (coughs) Let's just take a moment of quiet. (coughs) Loving God, we have sinned against you in what we have thought, said and done. We have not loved you with our whole heart, We have not loved our neighbours as ourselves. We are truly sorry and turn away from what is wrong. Forgive us for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. To all who turn to him, Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, today we're thinking about how we recognize God's voice, recognizing God's voice among people we meet and where we see God at work in our own lives. And we're thinking too about how do we know who and what to trust. So, to start with, I'd like some small volunteers, please, to come and help us with a game. Are there any more volunteers who are fairly small, if not very small? <laughs> and I'm indebted to Lydia this morning, who's um, going to lead us in this. Just to explain, I had catarite surgery earlier in the week, so I'm not going to be jumping around too much, just to be on the safe side. So we're going to play the game, which we normally call Simon Says. Thank you, Lydia. And if I don't
1: say Simon Says... What do you have to do?
2: Not do anything at all. Okay. Put. I should put down anything you've got in your hands because you might need your hands. I might need my hands. This could be interesting.
1: I think that's a good plan, Esther.
2: Simon says, wave your arms. Simon says, pat your head. Touch your nose. Oh. Michael's out. Should we have another round? Simon says, stamp your feet. Simon says, if you're standing up, turn around. Simon says, go like this. Wave your arms in the air. Oh. <laughs> well done, everybody. Make it harder. OK. Simon says, cut your hands. <laughs> Simon says, pat your shoulders.
1: Simon says, pat your cheeks.
2: Simon says, go. Blabla 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 blabla. Simon says, go. Blabla blabla blabla. Simon, says, go blabla blabla blabla. Simon says, scratch your head. Scratch your chin.
1: Oh, was
2: that hard enough? Well done, everybody.
0: Well, you did really well, and thank you so much for all the bigger volunteers who joined in at the back there. Thank you. That was lovely. Oh, don't all go away. Sorry. Could you just come back for a minute? Sorry, you've not quite finished yet. Now, as you know, in the game, you did the things that Simon told you to do, didn't you? And I'd just like us to think for a moment about in real life, who are the people who you listen to and you do the things that they ask you to do? Yes. The king. Would you like to hold that for me and then pass it to anyone else who talks? So you do what the king says. Okay. We hope the king's getting better, don't we, after his operation. I'll stand out of the way. I think I'm causing some feedback there. Anyone else? Thinking a bit bit nearer to home, perhaps? Do you listen to mummy?
2: <laughs> do you listen to your teacher? You do. Do you listen to daddy?
1: You
2: do. River had a good one in the car, didn't you? What did you say in the car? You listened to what's her name? Tessa. Tessa, your friend Tessa. We listen to our friends. Who does Bram listen to?
0: Everybody's listening very hard. I think you scared I think I did. We listen to those people particularly. Yes, is it, Esa? it Esther. Esther? Esther, sorry. Esther. Oh, if we didn't do what the <laughs> what the law says, we go to prison. So we do what, yeah, what a policeman tells us, perhaps. What about mums and dads? Why do we trust them and think what they tell us is a good thing? Because they keep us alive. Because they look after us, don't they? Mums and dads care for us and they love us, and so we we do the things that they tell us are good things to do. Thank you very much. Now. We're going to um, look at a picture now on the screen, I hope, Anna, thank you. Okay, does anybody know what sort of a hat that is? What's that called, a what sort of hat? A top hat. A top hat, yes, that's right, it's a top hat. And a top hat is a hat that's taller, isn't it, than it's wide? Taller than it's wide? Some people are saying yes. And here's some mutters here perhaps. Perhaps to see the queen. Yes, you could wear them if you went to see the king, couldn't you? Well. or well, when people get married, they wear them. Um, Esther. Thank you. I'm just going to do a little experiment now. And I hope this is going to work okay because I told you, didn't I, that top hats are definitely taller than they are wide. And most of you seem to nod your heads although I think there was a little dissent perhaps over in this corner. So Esther, would you like to come and help me measure this top hat? If I hold it and you have the, or can you do it without me holding it, what's best? And then tell us, yeah, good idea. At the very bottom, that's right. Can you see as well, Rowan? And um, the
1: rim is, the rim is um, longer there. And the top hat is tall, because
0: the, top, the rim of it is 18 centimetres. Wow. But, the, but um, it only goes up 16 centimetres. Oh, okay. oh, thank you very much. So, oh dear, I told you something that wasn't we right wrong. Wrong. That's terrible. Did you believe me? You all believed me, you all nodded. So, in this case, we tested to see if it was right, just using a ruler, didn't we? Are there other ways we can test to see if things that people tell us are really true, do you think? Yes, Esther? Estimate. You can estimate. That's good. Yes, you can so I think you must be. Not particularly, okay, lovely, right. You can estimate, what else could you, if I told you some different sort of a thing, where could you look it up? google you could you could google it absolutely yes yes or use a dictionary or a a book of some sort couldn't you well i have planted four volunteers i wonder if they'd like to come out and just stand at the front here my four volunteers please and um, can you stand in the order of your numbers so i think mike have you got number one then people will just be able to remember what number one was if you get into the right order. That would be lovely. <laughs> okay. Are we nearly ready? Yes. Right. Fact. What you've got to do is listen to these four facts and then decide if they're, they're unbelievable facts, things you probably wouldn't believe. Only one of them is actually true. Mike, thank you. Number one.
2: electricity powering the internet, weighs the same as an apple. All the electricity powering the internet weighs the same as an apple.
3: The packaging problems of round fruit can be solved by making them square. The packaging problems of round fruit, fitting them all into a box, can be solved by making them square. Six generations back, the average person will have 128 great 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 great
0: grandparents. That's four greats. Ident- identical twins have the same fingerprints. That's identical twins have
2: the same fingerprints.
0: Make your decisions. In a moment, I'll ask you to put your hands up. Okay. Who thinks that number one was the true fact? Hands up, please. One, two. Two people, okay, thank you. Fact number two can't see any. um, Oh, one. One. John says it's true. Okay. Number three. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, possibly ten people. Right. And fact number four. One. you can change your mind but I don't think it'll make any difference to the scores will it which one were you going to go with Esther okay that was the biggest one anyway wasn't it okay so number three that was Anna was your fact true Anna the one that most people voted for False. it was false And actually, if you have long enough to work it out and you can do your two times table, you can work that one out. I was amazed, I was told that it was, um, what did we put on the card, 128, it's in fact 64. But the fact that I copied it from turned out to be wrong. I I do family history and I thought, hmm, don't think that's right, and I added up, and that was a book with something wrong in it, so there you go. Right. Fiona, yours was quite popular. Was that true about the fingerprints? Twins having the same fingerprints um, is false. It was false as well. That's a relief for, for twins in case they've got a naughty twin, isn't it? They can't be identified. Okay. Um, who's, who was next? Um, this... Oh, okay
3: electricity or the square fruit
0: that's right well we didn't get we got two did we for the weight of the electricity or just one or two mike was that right it was false it was false yes People seem to vary on this one because Esther, I did Google it to find out. <laughs> and and the, uh, the original fact was an apricot, which is quite a bit lighter, of course, than an apple. Some people think it could be even lighter than that, depending on how you work it out. Well, I hoped we were going to play Would I Lie to You, but it was too complicated, I'm afraid. It would have been fun. Now, so Caroline had the true one. Read it out again, Caroline, please. Packaging wow. problems
3: of round fruit. Can be solved by making them square.
0: And indeed, they do it in Korea and in China and perhaps Japan. And they grow the fruit in plastic moulds. And indeed, there are all sorts of shapes that they can make as well as useful ones. So that was true. So that was really interesting because it wasn't the majority decision at all, was it? Esther, would you like to say something? It just was an, an apple that had grown into a square shape. If you look it up on Google, you can find it. Okay, and lots of other examples. So that's good, isn't it? Were there any? How did you make your decisions? Were there any sort of clues or pointers to what made you decide? Was it anything to do with... I mean, they're all, you know, good people who we know, so it's not that any of them are unreliable, except when I asked them to be. <laughs> Esther, what did you think? You estimated something. Yes, you could have estimated number three and found out that it was false, couldn't you, in fact? You could, yes. Anything else? Any other reasons at this point? Okay, well... What about when we're thinking about matters of faith and what we should do? What are the criteria we used for that, do you think? Some of you older children. <laughs> well, how can we think what it is that God might want us to do? Thank you for your help, all of you. If you'd like to sit down, you can do. Thank you so much. Well, John Wesley told us, I do remember from studying days, that there are four um, different ways you can think about problems when you're doing your theological reflections. One is, of course, to refer to the Bible, to read scripture to see what it says. Another is to look at what the church has said over the centuries about similar problems. The third is to use reason, because... Our understanding of the world does change, doesn't it? And the fourth is Christian experience, including our own experience. So we might like to keep that in mind perhaps later. We're going to hear two stories now from the Bible. The first one is a story about Moses, and Josie is going to read it for us but we're not taking it neat from the Bible. Josie has very kindly adapted it for us for this morning. And so I'm very grateful, Josie. Thank you very much indeed. So come and tell us the story of Moses and the children of Israel. Thank you. Are you all right there?
2: The Old Testament is full of stories and full of characters. One of the best-known people was called Moses, and he seems to have been the leader of the Hebrew people for a long time. The story tells us that he once climbed a mountain and came back with a sort of rule book from God, telling people how they should behave. We call it the Ten Commandments, and the story goes that these rules were chiseled into two stone slabs A bit like paving stones. And if everybody obeyed them now, the world wouldn't have so many wars and things. Anyway, Moses, according to the stories, had saved his people from slavery in Egypt. And told them that God had promised them a land of their own. And they spent many years traveling about trying to find this place. The stories say 40 years, but that's their way of saying a very long time. But the people trusted Moses and followed him. They grumbled a bit sometimes, but kept going because they believed that he was being led by God. But he was getting old after all that travelling, and he knew that he couldn't keep going for very much longer. He was getting weak. So he called the people together and told them that they would be getting a new leader, someone they already knew, who was one of them, and that they must follow this new leader and do whatever he told them, because God had chosen him. But they must be careful not to listen to anyone who was not really speaking for God. The second, I was going to say reading, (laughs) from the New Testament is from Mark's Gospel, and it's the time immediately after Jesus has called, called his disciples. He, they, Jesus and his disciples arrived at Capernaum. And on the Sabbath day, Jesus walked straight into the synagogue and began teaching. They were amazed at his way of teaching, for he taught with the ring of authority, quite unlike the scribes. All at once, a man in the grip of an evil spirit appeared in the synagogue. What have you got to do with us, Jesus, from Nazareth? Have you come to kill us? "'I know who you are. You're God's Holy One.' But Jesus cut him short and spoke sharply, "'Hold your tongue and come out of him.' At this the evil spirit convulsed the man, let out a loud scream and left him. Everyone present was so astounded that people kept saying to each other, what on earth happened? This new teaching has authority behind it. Why, he gives orders to evil spirits and they obey him. And his reputation spread like wildfire through the whole Galilean district.
0: Thank you. We're going to sing now. We're going to sing a a chorus, and I wonder if our smaller volunteers would like to come up to the front again, because there are some actions that you could do if you'd like to. We're going to sing, Jesus' love is very wonderful. Would you like to stand up? Now, in a moment, um, you're going to go now to do your activity. And so they're going to be thinking about Jesus and what's so special about Jesus and why we love him. And they're going to make a poster that celebrates Jesus. And I thought that they could start that while we sing our next big hymn so that they've got a bit more time to decorate the poster. So... Jesus is Lord. please be seated. So we're just going to think for a few moments about this question of authority because really it's deceptively difficult. In fact, the more you think about it, the harder it gets, I think. How do we know who to listen to? We've tried to think about that a little bit earlier. It can be all too easy, perhaps, to listen to the person who speaks loudest And most confidently, that was one thing we didn't think about. Or do we believe something because of the person who suggests it? Or are there other criteria? How often do we think to check things that we hear on the news or even read in books? I had a lecturer at university who used to like to say, books are full of ignorance. In other words don't just use someone else's opinion in your essay until you've thought it through for yourself and compared it with others. In today's world, the media, so many voices compete for our attention. But when we come to think about it, how many of those voices are true to the values of the kingdom of God? And which of those views should be very seriously challenged? As we've heard, Moses warned the children of Israel to be discerning in who they listened to. And he had good reason to be worried if you think back a bit in their history. In the past, when he left them to go up Mount Sinai, when God gave him the Ten Commandments, they thought he wasn't coming back and they had a vote. They voted either to go back to Egypt or, because they didn't know what to do about God anymore, to make a golden cow and worship that. And the result of the vote was that they chose the golden cow. Anyone who's perhaps recently watched an episode of The Traitors will know that a majority decision is not always the right decision. Now, as Moses was getting old, the need for a new leader had become apparent. And as we know, the prophets had a very important role. They were people who interpreted what God was saying to the people, and they also had a role as lawgivers. But they were not always listened to and believed in the same way that Moses had been. After all, Moses demonstrated real care for the people he was leading, didn't he? And the other thing about Moses, which he certainly spent a long time in prayer, or a long time up the mountain speaking to God. A belief arose over the centuries that eventually God would send a prophet who would resolve all the problems of the past. On one occasion, of course, John the Baptist sent a message to Jesus asking, are you the one who is going to come, or are we to expect someone else? Epiphany, the season of the church's year that we're in at the moment, has been all about people recognizing who Jesus was. The three wise men who brought their symbolic gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Simeon and Anna, the faithful elderly people in the temple who recognized the baby Jesus as the promised Messiah. The Spirit descending at Jesus' baptism. Today's reading reports an incident in the synagogue where the people were impressed by the authority of Jesus' words. I looked up the paraphrase called The Message, and they had some interesting versions they said they were surprised at his teaching so forthright so confident not quibbling and quoting like the religious scholars but not just that the evil spirit apparently recognized Jesus and Jesus cast it out of the man again from the message everyone there was spellbound buzzing with curiosity what's going on here a new teaching that does what it says? Jesus certainly spoke with authority, but that's not all. He lived out his preaching in his actions, healing the sick, forgiving the sinner, mixing with outcasts, feeding the crowd, and bringing people close to God. Preaching and living the love of God without fear of the consequences. And most importantly, spending a lot of time in prayer with his heavenly Father. Well, we've been thinking about some of those things in church during the last few weeks. Throughout his life, Jesus showed us who God is. And as Christians, we too are called to live in such a way as to point to God. Naomi reminded us that we each have our own word that we can embody and try to live out. Romeo invited us to think about what is our own personal gift that we can offer. But this doesn't apply just to individuals. It can also apply to church congregations. At the beginning of our service, we acknowledge that we don't have to seek God all on our own. A small group are meeting to pray and listen to what God may be calling our church to in the coming months. But it's not only just a small group, it's everyone's insights that are important. When we have an idea that feels like it could be something that God would like us to do, I think we should share it. Perhaps it will turn out that someone else has a similar inspiration. In fact, when I think back, that's really the way our Tuesday Cafe came into being, with two people quite separately, thinking that would be a really lovely idea. So, while the young people finish their poster, we're just going to have a few minutes now to wonder about this question. You could either sit and pray quietly, if that's what you prefer to do, or you could speak to someone sitting near to you, and perhaps try to answer these two questions. When you look around, where do you see God at work? And the second question, do you have any thoughts about what God could be calling us to in the coming months? So just a few minutes to do that, and John, I haven't mentioned this to you, but would you be able to just play quietly for us while we're doing that? That would be lovely, thank you. So the young people are bringing us now. Would you like to bring the collection over to me first? Thank you, Esther. So we'll just say a little prayer first of all. Loving God, we thank you for all the gifts that you give us. Please take the gifts that we have brought this morning and with them, all that we have and all that we are to try to build your kingdom of love and peace. Amen. Now, can we have a look at the poster I've had a look at it already, it's lovely, isn't it? It's all covered with lots of lovely stars and jewels to celebrate Jesus. I wonder if you had time to think a little bit about what it is that makes us listen to Jesus. Why is he so special? Oh, we haven't got the microphone, have we? Esther, would you like the microphone, please? I know the tester wrote something on the poster. Could you tell us what it is? Um. I'll show you. (gasps) Does Jesus love us? Yeah. Yes. And I think you wrote in the corner, if I remember rightly, Jesus loves everyone, didn't you? Yeah. That was a lovely thought. Well, thank you for making that. I think you've done a really lovely job. Thank you. Thank you very much. So we're going to sing again now. Christ is the world's light. Do please be seated. and Caroline's going to give us the notices now. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to St. Andrew's Salter Lane Church and or uh,
3: welcome to the internet this morning. Um, I hope you've all seen the notices, which, as usual, are full of important uh, information. Uh, I noticed that, uh, that the... Uh, birthday of the Diocese of Sheffield today so um, you might uh, continue to remember that in our prayers um, you'll probably be wondering how Naomi is and sadly she's still unwell uh, the antibiotics that uh, she first had didn't um, have any effect so she's been signed off for another two weeks so uh, please continue to remember her in your prayers and if you need to contact a minister um, the wardens and stewards and uh, Judith have got the uh, details of somebody. So if, if you need to contact a minister, speak to a warden or steward or Judith. Um, there's somebody officially covering. Um, and uh, obviously, we wish her well. <coughs> um, it isn't only the uh, Diocese of Sheffield's birthday today, but also Josie has uh, got a little bit older. So <laughs> we'd like to wish her a happy birthday. <laughs> So to say that uh, Julie is not well this week, so she would have been uh, doing the notices this morning, and I would have uh, been going on to the intercession. so switch from notices to intercessions now. Those joining us at home may wish to light a candle for our prayers of intercession. Almighty God, our heavenly Father, you promised through your Son Jesus Christ. To hear us when we pray in faith we pray for the church throughout the world that like the people in our readings today the church may recognize the authority of Jesus and follow his instructions to share the joy and love God gives to us all we pray for our bishops Peter and Sophie and circuit superintendent Romeo and especially for Naomi that she will soon return to full health and all who work for God's community here at St. Andrew's Salter Lane, that we may support her according to our gifts. Strengthen all your bishops, clergy and ministers in this circuit, diocese and mission partnership, and all your church in the service of Christ, those who confess your name may be united in your truth live together in your love and reveal your glory in the world Lord in your mercy hear our prayer we pray for the nations of the world and their leaders especially as we observe Holocaust Memorial Day we pray for the trauma carried by Jews across centuries of persecution that has led to the violence and atrocities carried out on the Palestinian people, largely children and women, over the past months. We pray that Israel will comply with the International Court of Justice ruling this week. And we pray for all people killed, injured, bereaved, and displaced by war, terrorism, and other acts of violence, especially in Gaza, Ukraine, and Yemen, show our leaders ways to negotiate lasting peace without resorting to more warfare. We bring before you the increasing hostility between Hindus and Muslims in India over the new Hindu temple in Ayodhya, built on the site of a mosque demolished in 1992. We pray for forthcoming elections around the world this year, especially following the US primaries this week. That our elected representatives will work for the good of the whole world, including the natural world, that we know is in crisis. Bless and guide Charles our King, give wisdom to all in authority and direct this nation and every nation in the ways of justice and peace. That we may honour one another and seek the common good. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We bring before you our city, our region, our friends and families. We give thanks that Sheffield has survived the storms this week without much damage. And we bring before you all those who have been flooded, been without power, suffered damage to their homes, cars communications, and livelihoods all over the country. Give grace to us, our families and friends, and to all our neighbours, that we may serve Christ in one another and love as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We bring before you all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit, remembering especially members of this congregation and others known to us personally. Comfort and heal them, give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Hear us as we remember those who have died in the faith of Christ or without any faith in Christ. And we pray for those who mourn them. to your promises, grant us with them a share in your eternal kingdom. Rejoicing in the fellowship of St. Andrew and all your saints, we commend ourselves and the whole of creation to your unfailing love. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. And we bring all our prayers together in the prayer that Jesus gave us.
0: We're going to sing our last hymn now, and I think we're going to get the musical instruments if some people would like to come and join in with those as well. So we're going to stand and sing Jesus Put This Song Into Our Hearts. just before we say our closing prayer I'd like to thank very much everyone who's helped in any way with the service thank you to the band for all the um, playing especially as well and thank you to Caroline for stepping in at the last moment and we do send our love and prayers to Julie because I do know that she'll be watching us and she would like to have been here this morning so let's say our prayer and then at the end of the prayer and the grace Um, Some of you might like to dance to that as well, please play musical instruments. So I've asked Fiona if she perhaps leads us in that. Uh, If you don't want to, that's absolutely fine because the service will have finished. So let's pray. Lord, help us to hear your word and to speak it. Help us to know your truth and to show it. Help us to feel your love and to share it. In Jesus' name, amen. And let's bless one another in the words of the grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.